One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hello, my name is Graham. I'm a survivor of Spain against Switzerland. I'm going to choose a tack here, a path, which I hope you don't judge to be self-indulgent. You're listening to this, so I'm going to take it that either you indulge me in my whims or perhaps you actually enjoy some of this. And actually, to be fair, one or two of you have messaged me to say that you, you do enjoy it, so thank you. But you have to be careful when, when you choose a way to try and describe what you've been part of. And, and we're a peripheral part of this. I don't think that's unfair to say. If I denied that, I'd be denying the privilege of having learned a foreign language, knowing some of the participants, getting an accreditation, travelling around Europe, and, and, and being given a, a privileged viewpoint via which to impose your interpretation, your reading, your... Maybe what you see as well, picking up the, the tidbits. It's like the, the Wombles of Wimbledon Common. What did they used to sing? I used to love that. I used to love it so much. With old Bernard Cribbins doing the voices. And, and the song was... What is it? Picking up pieces of things that we find, folk, stuff that the other folks all leave behind. They used to make useful stuff out of little bits that were discarded and maybe that's part of my job too enough 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 of the rambling i hope you don't judge me to be self-indulgent when i read you what i wrote for espn i began the latest column ahead of the switzerland match it would have been a bit cheeky to write it after the switzerland match i said perhaps you consider the idea ridiculous spain admittedly have just scored 10 times split evenly across the last two matches no team has ever done that in the history of the Euros. La Roja have only ever scored more goals at any tournament than the 11 that smashed home so far in four games at Euro 2020 in two entire tournaments, their victorious 2008 and 2012 campaigns. Moreover, Luis Enrique Martinez's team are firm tournament favourites, never mind hotly tipped to dispatch Switzerland, 
when they meet in St. Petersburg on Friday afternoon. But here's my case. If you're completely disregarding the idea that this quarterfinal might well be decided by the mad, devilishly unpredictable lottery known as a penalty shootout, then I reckon you're in denial. I rabbit on for another 900 words or so, and then I finish by talking about Spain's preparation for penalties in general. I point out that Spain had missed five out of five coming into this match. I pointed out, too, that the run began against Switzerland and Basel when Jan Sommer, admittedly, when he was saving from Sergio Ramos, Ramos was tired, out of form, and although he'd scored 23 straight spot kicks, it was no surprise when he missed the first one because his technique changed. His confidence was drooping. And then when he insisted on taking the second one, it was still less of a surprise. Jan Sommer basically had less to do than he had in any of the previous what is it? Jan Sommer, prior to the match in St. Petersburg, had faced 82 competitive penalties, including shootouts. Isn't that amazing? Today, up to date, he had faced 19, which either he saved or they went wide. But he let in 63 penalties. I think that's a huge stat. I finished the column by writing, All of this makes it pretty damn interesting as to who would take a penalty and what happens if Spain are awarded a penalty during the match against Vladimir Petkovic's side. Luis Enrique told us the other day that there was a short list of three, who I guessed to be Morata, Moreno and Koke, that the players had been of their own volition practising penalties since training for the competition began, and that in any given circumstances during a match, he or any of those three could change the agreed pecking order, which... I believe that Morata remained the first taker if one was awarded during the 90 minutes or extra time. I wrote, it all adds to the spice, to the sense of drama. Spain should win in St. Petersburg and they have the potential to win the entire tournament. Quote, have you seen any team at the Euro who you think is superior to Spain? Luis Enrique was asked on Thursday. No, he answered, after taking long enough to pretend that he had to think about it. But what if this exciting yet fallible team get their laces tied together again? What if it's a long, nervy 120 minutes and then the dreaded penalties? Will the real Spain please stand up? Or can Switzerland give La Roja the summertime blues just like they did to Les Bleus? Stay tuned. This will either be easy or epic. And in the end, it was epic. I think that this is a chance to explain the Spanish word resultadista. In, in English, we often have to use five, six, seven words to explain one in Spanish. But resultadista is a, a withering name for somebody whose interpretation of the game wholly depends on what the final scoreline is. Now, all of us who care about the game, love the game, you don't have to claim to be an expert. But if you simply live it, if you follow your own team closely and you watch closely, you know better than that. It's a sad fact that some on social media, but also sadder that some in football journalism will attack with fangs and claws and knives if it's a defeat and ignore the underlying performance or go exactly the opposite way and jump up and down and trumpet and say everything's great and you're wonderful if the game's a win. That's an infantile way of looking at football. And sometimes you can be correctly accused of getting too caught up in the minutiae, the open university analysis of, of tactics or play, 
if the defeats keep coming or if it's really clear that actually the result and the performance matched each other and they, they deserve to lose. And in fact, if you pay attention, it's usually quite simple. And the simple fact, I think, is that if you compare, for example, the apples and pears of Spain, Sweden and Spain, Switzerland, Spain were pummeled for the result against Sweden, but played really quite well. They simply either couldn't finish or they allowed Robin Olsen to produce really strange qualities of save. Against Switzerland, I think it's different. There's euphoria. They're through. They're in the semi-final. They did it in the most dramatic of fashions. And in the end, there's a huge amount of kudos earned by the cold-bloodedness of Spain's penalty shootout because they, because here I claim something that you're just going to have to trust me on, I was on tenterhooks working throughout the match. But even when Busquets and Rodri failed from the spot, I, I kind of believed completely that Spain were going to go through. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But to compare again this game with Sweden, the headlines, the delight from the reporters who will now be travelling from St Petersburg to Madrid and then on to Wembley, the delight for the editors, the producers, those who want huge numbers for television programmes so that the advertising slots and the sponsor slots can be sold more expensively, the the editors, producers and owners of all the, the daily papers, be the newspapers or football papers in Spain, who've suffered so much in the pandemic and are desperate for copies, be they digital or, or paper, to, to fly out the door. This is a moment to to eulogise, to be hugely excited, to to look to create celebrities out of those who, who pulled um, Spain's chestnuts out of the fire, namely Unai Simón, Mikel Oyarzabal. OK, Spain didn't play well. It's, it, that's a simple fact. We can declare that because you can measure them against their own targets. Their own targets are about, they don't have to be the most athletic team out there and they weren't as athletic as Switzerland. And that doesn't matter because that's not what they claim they are. Neither the physically strongest nor the biggest. And they were bullied all over the pitch. Not, well within the rules, in my opinion, apart from the, the further red card. But when I use the word bullying, it's because... That's part of sport. If you, can, if you can see a physical or athletic advantage and you can impose it within the rules, even if you're bending the rules a little bit, you know, them's the breaks. What Spain have always in the modern era, certainly since they stopped being La Furia Roja, the Red Fury, and simply became La Roja, if you've read my book about the three tournament triumphs, you'll understand that there was a real change of personality, a change of what they wanted to call themselves, how they wanted to think of themselves once Luis Aragonés, the wise man of Hortaleza, actually got his hands on Xavi and Iniesta and Silva and Villa and started training with them. And he ripped up the old template because Spain were proud of being something like the Basque teams often still are, which is descended from the Brits who brought football to Spain and it was about being direct, being ferocious, being not necessarily long ball, but not being afraid of a long ball, not being afraid of crosses and getting in your opponent's face. Well, that was ripped up and that changed somewhere around 2005-06. That's 15 years ago. But the reason they were able to do that was that, first of all, they had a generation of utterly exceptional footballers. But secondly, that generation were a host. They were a host to footballing ideas that were supposed to survive beyond the international retirement of Alonso and, 
and, and Senna and, and Xavi and Iniesta and Silva and, and, and Pedro and Villa and Torres. That philosophy is about the ball being the fastest player in your in your team, about the ball flying, about risk-taking, brilliance of control, vision, movement, triang- pa- passes in triangular motions that cut opponents out. Now, if you even listen to those words, and whether you even watch the game or not, you'll read the reports and you'll find out that that's not how Spain played. To the untrained eye, they look neat and tidy, and because they created a reasonable amount of chances, people will say, oh, it's about the chance-taking. It's not. It's not. Vladimir Petkovic must, at the moment, have a gigantic market for his services. Okay, there'll be some clubs that say we want a little bit more flair and they'd have to examine whether he's got that in his coaching manual and we didn't see it, or we haven't seen it during his 70-odd internationals in charge of Switzerland because he coaches based upon the players he's got in front of him. So this I don't know. What I do know is he's a brilliant organiser. That Switzerland team were economical with their movement when they were defending because they knew exactly where to be. They knew exactly what Spain wouldn't like to have to face. And it wasn't blanket defence. It was positionally exceptional. They put themselves in areas where they knew that Spain would have to say, OK, we will take risks. We'll take huge creative risks. And if they come off, we'll rip you apart. But if they don't come off, Gradually, we will clench our buttocks and we will make fewer passes and we will get scared of risking. Interviewing Unai Simon the other day, I asked him about the game he played in in the Nations League against Switzerland and he said, well, they make it really uncomfortable for you because they're brilliant at pressing and when we try to pass out of the back, they can make you a little bit jumping and they didn't do that. So Spain were a little bit confused about where the press would come, why Switzerland were organising differently. And I suspect that, number one, catching an opposition coach out is always what any management national team wants to do. And two, Switzerland put so much physical, but above all, emotional energy into knocking the world champions out. They thought, look, here's a way in which we can expend less energy. We won't press as high. If, if Spain beat our press, we're going to be running around all afternoon and we'll wilt too quickly. So all in all, Petkovic's idea, but above all his players' execution of his idea, was was superb. It meant that we didn't have, you know, an absolute... What do I keep using? Jake LaMotta. That's probably a bad, you know, because Jake LaMotta, you inherit the knowledge of him because none of us saw him box. But... What we sometimes what you love is playground football played by brilliant footballers. So it's end to end and it's punch and counter punch. That wasn't going to happen here unless Spain got their tails up, not ahead, but unless they got their tails up early. This was always going to be a chess match. That I think was totally anticipatable, and that's why I wrote about extra time and penalties for ESPN. It screamed out to me that unless Spain managed to somehow pummel. Switzerland and get a 2-3 goal lead in half an hour or unless Switzerland made catastrophic mistakes this had all the makings of resistible force and immovable object so it proved so listen I've, I'm chucking flowers at Petkovic there because that was a masterclass in how to organise your team and it included um, once they were down to 10 men 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spain played within themselves, and I think that Luis Enrique comes out of the whole encounter reasonably well because he he took risks. He'd absolutely refused to blame or castigate Alvaro Morata during the remainder of the tournament, but he took him off pretty promptly for a guy in Gerard Moreno who got himself into scoring areas and, and didn't score. But after the match, Luis Enrique said, look, I took Alvaro Morata off because he, he makes such huge amounts of pressing runs, and Luis Enrique uses the word incredible, and I understood that the team needed freshness because he'd run himself into the ground across the previous games and in this match in St. Petersburg. And then Luis Enrique said, luckily, it was Gerard Moreno who missed the chances because if Morata had failed, people would have wanted to impale him. Luckily, it was Gerard. He said, I'm happy with them, both of their performances. Morata and he are great players. They're both my footballers and I love them very much. So all of that shows uh, Luis Enrique's very dark, very, very sardonic. Um, that's the name for people from Sardinia. Very sardonic sense of humour. <laughs> Because he's, he doesn't forget easily. He sees unfairness. And this resultadista thing probably leaves Pro Morata very much in the... He's an idiot if he doesn't score, he's a genius if he does, etc, etc, etc. Not for the coach. Now, Gerard Moreno, I think, is a player who, like many strikers, benefits from the more he's on the pitch, the more often he's on the pitch, the more likely he is to score. Gerard, for my taste, now stays in the team. But I've been saying that for a couple of matches in terms of wish fulfilment, and it hasn't happened. Let's see how Lucho Luis Enrique Martinez views it himself. Luis Enrique is a man who tends to dig in when people criticise, when people get after him. As a, as a leader, as a coach, sometimes just being as stubborn as a mule gets you places. And I've been quick to praise Luis Enrique for being stubborn as a mule over, for example, 
Unai Simon, keeping the team, not doubting him, talking him up after that dreadful mistake. He's been, I've been quick to talk um, Lucian Reiki up because he shares my opinion about Petri, who many people would have either not picked to start with or would have rested by now, saying he's 18, he needs a, the obsession with Busquets, stubborn, 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 right, right, right. Right now, I think we're confronting somewhere where it's important for him to make the changes like he did when he got Marcos Llorente at right back. Wrong. He brought in Aspilicueta and everything changed. This is not snout. This is my impression. I think that Eric Garcia would have started again at right centre back had he been fully fit. Gaia was not fully fit, yet he was on the bench. Fabian Ruiz, the Napoli midfielder, was the man left out. That says to me, because I have no doubt whatsoever, that Gaia took a knock against Croatia and wasn't fully ready. Alba was probably coming back and bar the penalty shooter, Alba was Spain's best man and by a distance and not because of the goal. But what's happening now is that both Luis Enrique and Laporte bristle when the questions come to them about is Laporte good enough at right centre-back or is it important that it's Eric Garcia and him Right foot, left foot. I think, number one, the evidence was absolutely overwhelming before this game. Number two, the manner of the goal where it's an after-you-clawed situation, Laporte, not quite comfortable which foot to, to use, coming on to a breaking, bouncing ball from the right. I don't think there's much wrong with what he does, except it could have been better. What isn't right is that Pau Torres is clearly thinking, oh, oh he, like in split seconds, in milliseconds, oh, oh here's a situation, what am I going to do? It bounces onto him. He doesn't look particularly agile in getting out of the way. He doesn't anticipate what Laporte is going to do. Laporte, I think he, he was coming onto that from the left side of the penalty box into the right, i.e. to his natural side. The ball probably would have gone very long, either down the pitch or into touch. And it was just a muddle. And I think we've got conclusive evidence of two things now. One, Spain's, never mind how the ball comes into the box, because that's a different matter for another day. But Spain's ability to defend aerially is not as good as it should be. That's just a fact. Secondly, there is something that between Pau Torres at left centre-back and, and Laporte at right centre-back that maybe during if they were at the same club and they were forced to play that way, training sessions sort it out. But I've seen enough across the, the, the games and the fact that all the goals that Spain have conceded, except for that bizarre own goal, have come when the partnership is, is Pau Torres and, and Emmerich Laporte. They're two exceptional footballers. Of that, there's no doubt. Each of them has got merits to be in the team. Again, of that, I think there's no doubt whatsoever. But if Eric Garcia is fully fit, he starts at Wembley. Otherwise, it's a mistake. Wrapping up now, um, because I don't propose to do a minute by minute. I hope you watched it. It, it. it was like a slow boiling kettle, you know, the one that you watch, but it never quite comes to. Eventually it got there. The water was scalding hot by the time it went to the penalties. Do you want me to explain? Can I explain why I was much, much more sure during the penalty shootout, even when Busquets and, and Rodri missed, that Spain were going through? I, th I thought it was a little bit to do with Luis Enrique's brilliant explanation the other day about Unai Simon, about there are errors of concept where you've got it wrong in your head, your wires are crossed, and therefore you'll continue to get it wrong. And there are errors of execution where you have a stinker, you have a bummer, but because it's an er error of execution, not of concept, you can get rid of it quickly and move on. 
The reason I focus on the penalty shootout isn't because Spain went through, but because of the lovely way that the, the scales of justice sometimes bascular. Bascular is is about equilibrium in Spain, about how you, if you take a weighing machine, you can just put little weights on just to even out the balance. Unai Simon doesn't have a proper explanation for why he let Pedri's back pass in the other day. He hammered himself, he said so, he said he beat himself up, and yet... The little things that he said about, I couldn't hide. I owed it to my teammates. The way in which he immediately came out and cleared the ball. We've talked about this. Cleared the ball a couple of times when Croatia sent the, you know, a striker running through. His sprint, his determination, all of these things restored him. And although he, he spoke a lot and, and didn't hugely enjoy speaking about the incident by the time it came to Wednesday... He got it out of his system. Early on in the match, he had two back passes to deal with under moderate pressure from the Swiss. One was from Pedri. He dealt with them both and I thought, right, that's that park. That's, you know, that's gone. But then he saves and saves again. I was thrilled for that guy. Thrilled for Unai Simon. When he made his mistake against Croatia, there were a lot of papers in Spain went, look, here's a stat to prove... He's the, he's the keeper in top-level European football last season with the most mistakes and blah, 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 blah. He's a good footballer. He uses the ball well, I think, sometimes exceptionally well. He's young. He got in the team because Kepa was transferred for that huge sum to Chelsea and, and flopped. And here he is, trusted by Luis Enrique, ahead of David De Gea. And here he is, you know, a big, big, big reason, particularly if you think about the, the Kramerich save, and the penalties, a big reason for Spain being in the semi-finals of the European Championship. And I'll bet you that although he'll never say it in public, and he had a pretty stone-faced response to the man of the match, and in fact, in the in the man of the match interview down on the pitch in the flash area, he said, I'd have, I'd have given this award to Jan Sommer, which you have to love. And in, But in his press conference, he was pretty stone-faced about it all. He's a guy who deals with the brickbats, and puts on his flat jacket and gets on with things when people are after him, but does not have an inflated head or ego when people are saying, Unai, we love you, you're the greatest, we never doubted you, and all that pish. So I was simply pleased for him. And that is why, despite the quality of the goal that won Italy their semi-final, that is why I have to say that my Bet365 man of the day is retrospective. It's not about looking forward. It is Unai Simon. I really enjoyed uh, watching Young Doku playing for Belgium. He won the penalty. It was his nice run and, and little shuttle pass that sent Kevin De Bruyne down the left and nearly resulted in a goal from his ball across. Doku did well. Italy did superbly. Arrivederci Spinazzola. Sorry about that, as Bono would say. But for the moment, because of his demeanour, because of how I like seeing justice in sport, justice in the world, because of those saves. And because we're going to Wembley, you're not, you're not. My bet 365 man of the day is Unai Simon. And really, would you have it any other way? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.